Hey everybody, this is Matt and Jess, and welcome to The Radical Road. Hey, yo. You know, one of the things we want to do in the future is provide some video of what we're doing because we were just sitting here just dying laughing of the things that happened before we pushed the record button. It's like 20 minutes of crazy laughter. I'm like, I feel like I need a hype man. So I'm like hyping myself up and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, enough of that. We need to jump into some things um, that we want to talk about today. But let's give an update on the trucking piece. Yeah, we just um, actually went through Idaho and now we're up in Washington. Man, Northern Idaho, it's beautiful. Incredibly beautiful. Yes. We stayed at a ski resort, like an old ski resort. Yes. And just did a little walk around there. It's so incredible. And then just driving through Washington. Wow. Well, well the total trip leaving Iowa, we go through Wyoming, Idaho, cut up way up north to into Montana, across the northern tip of Idaho into Washington. My goodness, some of the scenery you see on that trip is crazy ridiculous. But, and this is your first time, like, in the state of Washington. It is. And it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the rain and, you know, everyone's like, oh, it rains all the time and we and get it, here and it's raining. And, and it's been raining all the time. Yeah. And ever since I was a kid, I have loved the rain. The rain is so calming. And I used to throw my swimsuit on when I was a little kid and I'd run out the front door and dance in my swimsuit in the front yard when it rained. Yes. Like doing the rain dance. Yes. So unfortunately, we're not in our truck that we're supposed to be in yet. Right. Still getting customized to the max. Thing's going to be amazing. We're still going across staying in motels right now. <laughs> so that, which is okay. I don't think it generates the full experience of what trucking is. No. But it's been nice and we've been able to do some things and we've been able to run down the, around the city. Yeah. This weekend, we're on a weekend, um, and it's one of those things where we we're supposed to deliver on Friday. Some delays happen. They don't take deliveries over the weekend. We kind of got stuck here for a couple days until Monday rolls around. We deliver, and then we go pick something else and head back cross country. So anyway, that's kind of the update where we're at in terms of the trucking aspect. And... You know, with this opportunity of downtime, you've never been in Washington, You've also, which means you've never been in Seattle. We're kind of in that area. What's your first impressions of the city? You know, I've traveled a lot to a lot of big cities. I, when I was in Hare, I went to New York once or twice a year from 2007 to 2017. So that was pre-COVID, pre-2020. And then, um, you know, we live near Chicago, so it was nothing to go a few hours into Chicago. And um, 
I would say after like post 2020, I would say Seattle's much worse than even Chicago. Well, now they're probably equally um, crime ridden. Like it's interesting going in there. I wanted to see the public market. That's a different way though. Yeah. What do you mean d- different way? Well, Chicago's more like gang related problems. Yes. You're right. Um, I don't even know what's going on here. In Seattle. It's strange. It's a strange city right now. And as a person that's been here before, looking at the city, and then just reaching out to, you know, people have reached out to us just in the last couple of days, because we obviously have posted pictures and things, and we're kind of explaining to them some of the things that we've seen. Even they're somewhat stunned by... What we've experienced. Yes. Yes. Like, just the... Uh, the drugs, the drugs that are just right in front of you on the street. I mean, I saw a little bit bit of that down in Louisiana. And, but, you know, Mardi Gras back in the day, I'd been there once and you see that, but it's here. It's in Seattle. And there was a group of men we walked by yesterday and literally pulling out foil, smoking crack in front of us. Yes. Nuts. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And the smell, the women behind us were just like mortified. The smell was terrible. So. Well, yeah. And so I guess my takeaway from the whole thing is, I don't know, not very much bothers me. I'm pretty icy, (laughs) I guess. Like even when I see crazy things, I'm just kind of like. Nothing shocks you. Okay. I see that. But I don't feel shocked anymore, which right. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's just kind of how I've, I'm built and how I am. But I will say this, you know, we're walking through the market area. We're driving through downtown. You know, you see graffiti everywhere. Um, of course, we see people doing drugs. Like I saw somebody with a big giant, whatever you call it, marijuana cigarette like a big giant blunt thing mm-hmm. they're smoking it on the city you know right on a park bench in the middle of everyone and then you know there were some areas where you could tell at one time you could see over the like bay area but now there's all this fencing around it and the thing that stuck out to me was not all of this stuff that we saw but just people walking around like it's not even a big deal. Right. They're just so um, thoughtless of each other. They're in their own world. Like no one is, I mean, they're just in their own world. They're just in their own selfish world. And it's just, it's very condensed area down there in the market. And so. um, Yeah. And we're not trying to generalize a whole city by one little experience in a day. Right. I mean, I had one day there. You know. So. Because there's some really great things about this city, too. Yeah. You know, it's very beautiful. You're basically in a giant forest. <laughs> like, I mean, you've never seen so many trees well, in your life. the state of Washington, yes. Yeah. Outside of Seattle, it's just but even incredibly the, beautiful. But as you're going in the city, like, it's like the forest never ends. Yes. All of a sudden, it opens up and you have this big downtown area with buildings and things, but... It feels like you're 
like Robin Hood living in the forest or something. Um, and then there's a lot of water. You know, you're very close to the ocean, so you have inlet, inland water, lakes, and things. I mean, it's just beautiful, and just the city itself is just is crazy to me. It's very unique, I guess. I've kind of, I've kind of been everywhere in the country, and the the layout of the city and everything is very unique. You, you know, and then the the amount of restaurants, the culinary aspect here. There's just so much going on with food. Yeah, the food's incredible <laughs> with the restaurants for sure. And of course, in Seattle, we're like, we got to have seafood, right? Got to have seafood. How can you go without seafood in Seattle? You're this close to the ocean. They got right. to have it nailed down, right? That's <laughs> so, right. So, you know, we hit a place today and had a nice meal. Um, yeah, shout out to Duke's Seafood. Yeah, that place is legit. Duke's is good. I mean, Typical tourist move, right? Google. Yeah. Where's the best place to get seafood? <laughs> and okay, Dukes, I, I'll, I'll sign up for that. Yeah, but Cameron, his good. customer service today was fantastic. Yeah, it was a great place. <laughs> and we've met some great people. Yes. But there's, you know, going into downtown, it really stirred something up in us for whatever reason. I left feeling very heavy. Very heavy. Yes. Like heavy hearted. Well, you know, you see these things and it is like, we're better than this, right? People in general are better than this. Yes. People in this country. Yes. Like I look at the city and I'm like, we're so much better than this. And I honestly, when we left, I was like, I'm never coming back. That was my initial response. Right. Right. That was like a response out of the flesh, like Jess, right? Or at least not into the downtown Seattle area. That's what, (laughs) well, that's what I meant. Not Washington, just downtown Seattle where the market is and all that. But um, man, God really worked on me with that. Yeah. Like he's, he was really, I was praying about it and he was really working on me with that. And he just spoke to me. He was like, no, that's not what I want. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm showing you what is in, what is going on in the city. I'm showing you the city. I'm showing you the people of the city. And I've called you and Matt out on the radical road. And that means that you're going to get uncomfortable. I was actually somewhat stunned by your reaction. But I think it's like you go, you go someplace that you haven't been before, but you kind of know a little bit about it going in, right? You know, Seattle, you think of... It's a port city. You have all these boats coming in and out. There's all this history and culture that's happened over time. And so you have a perception of what you think it's going to be. And those things exist. There's a there's amazing buildings and, you know, old culture there. And just things that you would picture in your mind when you start reading about Seattle. Some a lot of those are very true, but I was stunned by your reaction as we got out of the car, started walking up, and we both kind of looked at each other like, "What the heck is going on?" Like <laughs> it was weird, right? Yeah, very. I don't know. I'm a traveler. I love to travel. I love to go. I have always loved going 
in the past, I've always loved going into big cities and exploring new cities. Um, but this was different. Yeah. And it was interesting because we were standing at a crosswalk waiting for it to turn so we could walk. And there was these two young gentlemen in front of us. And you could kind of hear their conversation. And one of the things they said is, you know, the media and people, they portray this city as a place where you come here and then your life gets destroyed. That it's an omnipresent place that your life gets destroyed. Yeah. And, you know, our initial reaction, and I mean, this came, you know, almost two hours later after we stepped foot into the marketplace and in around downtown. And it was almost like confirmation about what we were feeling because we're going, look at, I mean, there's people laying around in the street and it was just bizarre. I felt like I was in a different country almost. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there going, we got to be better than this. We have to be better than this. So I don't know. It really stirred something up into us. And then this morning, you know, we got up and there was kind of a process of, okay, we should go to a church, right? Like it's Sunday. This is what we do. We're investigating churches because if you haven't been to our website yet, www.ontheradicalroad.com, we're actually constructing a map where it'll be pinpointed of churches that we visited, that we've researched, um, that we feel like would be good for people. So if you're trying to find a place, we're in the middle of building that. So it's not like some huge thing yet, but you know, we're trying to construct this thing. So this is what we do. We get up in the morning, we figure out where we're going to go, but you actually were doing some research yesterday and how did we land where we landed this morning? So, um, there's another church in the Seattle area that um, we had our eyes on, but we believe God knew better for us because um, I was um, conversing with the awakened friend, um, a friend from our awakened church in Salt Lake City. And she said, oh, you have to try Hope Village Church in Bellevue, Washington. They used to pastor um, at East Lake in San Diego at the Awaken and they did a church plant for Hope Village Church in Bellevue. And so we're like, hey, Awaken people, yes, let's try this. So we really felt like God wanted wanted us there. And it's 80 miles, is it, Matt, from where we were staying in Mount Vernon? Mm, no, I don't think it was quite that far. Okay. I think it's like 60. 60, okay. But the whole, you know, trip, there, I think we were both, we prayed together in the car and just prayed over our experience. Um, and just for him to reveal what he wanted us to get out of the church experience. And boy, did that happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> it was so powerful. The pastors there are Pastor Drew and Emma Davies. And... They're originally from Australia and what is it with those Aussies? And they're powerful <laughs> when they preach, they're powerful. <laughs> and that message. Yeah. So I guess this whole weekend is just kind of 
come together into a, into a point, right? Mm -hmm. Because we walk into the church and, you know, immediately we get approached and we get on the topic of what we're doing, right? And, you know, and this happens everywhere we go, talking to people about what we're doing right now. And the question always comes up, well, what, what's the radical road? What is it? What is it you guys are doing? Question of the day. What is the radical road? And I'm listening to our answers over time now, and it's kind of evolved and changed. And and there's a hesitancy there. It's more of how do you explain this thing? Yeah, because God gave us the vision and has spoke to us so clear clearly about our instructions of what to do. But we're also just being guided by God as this has started. And yeah. so that's why it's changed a little bit, just because we're like, we're in your hands, God. You guide us. We're obeying you. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess when we're explaining it to people, there's not a definitive answer there. I've even once or twice have told people it's a bunch of different things. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does that mean? And so I'm like... I really want to understand what we're doing, right? Like we're in the middle of this thing. It's getting fired up and I'm going, okay, what is the mission here? What is the purpose of all of this? And I always answer, we're called to do ministry on the road in an 18 wheeler. Yeah. And we're called to document it. But it's been kind of a, kind of a general statement, right? Like, yeah. What is it? And when you're talking to people, I can tell they're like, well, specifically, what is this thing? You know, what, what does it mean? What does it all mean? And I felt like I got that answer today. Just, and like Jess just said, there was a reason. We just felt like there was a reason we were supposed to be there this morning. And it was a, amazing to me, just the answers that got revealed. But, you know, I just, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm waiting, waiting patiently. And I go, I know what the radical road is now. I know what this is. And then it was confirmed in the pastor's message this morning. And it was, and it's, this is a movement. And I know that's broad too, but it really aligned things for me. Um, because what we talk about and what we're trying to do is to, is to create a movement in people. And we walk into Seattle this weekend. We see these things going on. And I'm having these thoughts of, we're better than this. We're better than this. And I'm like going, why are we here? Like, this is overwhelming. Big problem. And I've been saying this a lot lately to people. I'm like, we're losing. We're losing in so many places around the country. To evil. To evil. Yes. And you look at it and it just seems, the whole thing just seems overwhelming. Well, and also, you know, after this morning's message and just what God was speaking to you and what he has spoke to me, it's about bringing an understanding of 
people's power and authority with and through God. Right. They have we have so much power and authority with God. Yes. It's right in the Bible. Yes. And so, you know, when I say movement, this is about people physically getting off their tails. Yes. And going out in their communities and taking places back from what I call evil. Taking territory. Taking Taking territory. Yep. Taking domain. This is about inspiring. This is about... Radically inspiring. Radically inspiring people so, to go back and take ground. Yeah. You, you're saying this, and it, it brings up this quote I saw by Angela Davis, of all people, BLM. I'm going to, I'm going to repay good for, or I'm going to repay evil for good right now (laughs) by using this quote, because I'm going to take her evil and I'm going to turn it to good. And it says, you have to act as if you were, if it were possible to radically transform the world and you have to do it all the time. So that's what we're setting out to do. We're setting out to, we're not acting as if we know that through God, it's possible to radically transform this world. And we are going to do it all the time. And we want everyone on board. We want everyone to be bold. I mean, this is what we're called to do. This has pressed on me for years. Even before I was a Christian, I was sitting there going, what is the point of my life? What is my purpose? What can I do to make a difference? Well, he wants, he wants it to spill out into the streets. Unfortunately, this is what I've latched onto. You know, there is a possibility of doing some good. And it took finding God, finding a church community that taught me that this is possible. Yes. But, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit here? Well, and watch, I think and watch places like Seattle just get run amok. Well, and I think, you know, back in the day when, you know, churches we serve and we do community service and work in the community, it's more about picking up trash and painting fences and feeding the homeless. And Matt, you and which, I which said, is what pastor said this morning. Yeah, and I was gonna say that. So Pastor Drew Davies actually brought that up today. That was his, you know, point. And feeding the homeless. And Matt and I have actually done all those things. But when we fed the homeless, you couldn't even talk to the homeless people. You were just back in the kitchen serving. Yeah, that was actually one of the rules. Right. Like, you're not supposed to interact with them. <laughs> and I'm like... And as a, deci- as a disciple of people, so then you, that's hard. So then you walk away interact. going... Yeah, you walk away going, what the heck were we even doing what here? What was the point? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, because the call to action, you know, to me in that scenario is building people up. It's not going, here's a free meal. Right. Like, how does that get somebody unstuck from being homeless? Right. Because to me, really? We're just going to go, yeah, this guy's homeless. He's going to be always be homeless. Let's just live, let him live on the street and we'll make ourselves feel better by giving him a meal. I don't think that's the point. No, we're called a disciple in, in the Bible. We're called a disciple. That means going out, right. you know, taking what our churches 
teach us, right? Right. Like when the disciples sat with Jesus and they were taught, it's like the church, and then we're, we're meant to go out and reach others. Right. And disciple others. Right. But it's more than just a meal. Exactly. It's more than a, here's a f- piece of clothing. It's more than that. You know, the city of Seattle has taken it to the point where, oh, you have a drug problem? We'll give you needles and, you know, drugs. So that you have to get them, get dirty needles. Like, I'm, what? Really? This right. is what we think of people? You're not good enough. So we're going to keep you right where you're at. Right. That's not what, that's not what human beings do, let alone what it means to disciple somebody. Like where, where's just the common decency in that? That makes no sense to me. You know, and we understand also, you know, we're not Jesus. We're not the savior and we're not going to save everyone out there. But we just feel like it's really important to inspire what we're doing, inspire others to do that, to go out in boldness. And we need boldness right now. We need awkwardness. We need uncomfortable situations where we're going to change some people. We're going to plant some seeds. But we have a winning formula. We have a winning formula. It's called the Bible. Yes. And And it's called prayer. Yes, there's so many things that go into this, but I just look at common problems of the world and specifically I just mis- mentioned drugs, you know. There's a roadmap for this on how to fix this. But everybody wants to ignore it like it's something bad or or that we're Well, it's someone else's problem. It's it's not our problem. Yes. Well, we need to take responsibility. We need to take responsibility and and we need to help clean up the mess. Yes. Just like we heard today. <laughs> I'm not going to clean up the mess. I can't clean up. I can't be everywhere and clean up Seattle. No, we as an army, right? Yes. We as an army, God's army. Yeah. We need to put on the gear, the armor. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Go out to Is battle. It, it starts in your communities. Yes. It starts but, in your churches and your life groups, connect groups, village groups, whatever you guys call them, that's where it starts. Go out. Yeah. Yeah. But Pastor Drew made the greatest point this morning. He's like, why would you take people that already work 60 hours a week and spend an entire Saturday to go out and pick up garbage or hand out free? Like, what is that? We need to start looking at what the real problem is behind all these things that are going on. You know, we're talking about one city and, you know, some specific problems there. But there's a, there's like a mess of problems well, everywhere. Just like the shootings that have gone re- on recently, the gangs in Chicago, there's a root of evil there. There's a reason for that. Yeah. The root is evil. I mean. It's rejection. It's isolation. It's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fear. Are, are people this naive that they think that this kid just woke up one day and said, I'm going to go buy a gun and shoot a bunch of people? Like, does that even seem well, logical to anybody? You know, headlines are he's mentally ill. Well, of course he's mentally ill, but there's also a route to why he's sick, right? There's yeah. a route to that. 
And no. when is that going to be addressed? You know, the the quick answer from celebrities, politicians is remove the gun. And that whole thing doesn't even make sense to me. I own guns. Because what is the intent of the heart of the shooter? Right. Right? That's what it boils down to. Well, I'm not trying to preach Second Amendment or anything. That's not the point. But we do feel very strongly about our politics. Yes. But (laughs) does anybody in their right mind believe if you make a law to remove guns, that suddenly this all goes away? I mean, I'm driving through the city and the speed limit's 60 mile an hour and everybody's driving 80. Like everybody. Yeah. That's a law. Yeah. I think everybody can get on board with murder is against the law and you shouldn't do that. But there's murders every day. Right. So why would a law getting rid of guns suddenly... Fix the problem. They're just going to disappear? No, because then they'll just start with black market. They'll start getting them off the black market. Right. So, you know, so wh- it'll keep happening. I guess the point is, when are people going to get real about the problems and finding solution for the real problem instead of trying to, you know, just gloss over and find the easiest thing like, to go after? Yep. Shove it under the rug. Shove it. That's that's why Seattle is the way it is. Let's shove it under the rug. So um, I want to go back to scripture. Actually, you know, I mentioned we feel very strongly about politics. We're very passionate, both of us. Um, And there's a piece of scripture, Proverbs 29, 16, that relates to all this. And it says, crime increases when crooks are in power, but law abiding citizens will see them fall. And if you go down to... um, Proverbs 29, 18, without guidance from God, law and order disappear, but God blesses everyone who obeys his law. So right there is, it's saying, you know, like you look at Seattle, right? Let's take Seattle, Chicago, um, New York, any of these big cities that the shooters, crime increases when crooks are in power. We have crooks in power, (laughs) Um, but we're, we, the people. We're law-abiding citizens. We, the people, we're the ones that can make this happen and see them fall. Let's take our territory back. Let's take our domain back. So without guidance from God, without guidance from God, it says, so that's faith, law and order disappear. And that's what's happened. And so that's why we need to take territory as Christians, as we, the people, we need to go out and take our territory back. Yes. We've put a lot of thought about around this just in the last couple of days because, you know, one of the things as we've stepped out on this journey is, you know, we've had counsel around us. We've had, we've spoke to people about what this is, what it looks like. And there was a, you know, there became a message and some things that were discussed that, okay, you need community around you. And that is true. I completely agree with that. And, you know, our mandate as Christians is to disciple. You know, we get discipled, we disciple other people. And that's true too. 
But if we're just sitting inside four walls, discipling each other, what are we doing with it? And so one of the points I made earlier to Jess was I said, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he had his disciples and he was teaching them things. Yeah. But as he was teaching them things, he was always sending them out. Yeah. He just kept sending them out. Yeah. And he's like, hey, this is great. I'm going to teach you things. This is what you need to know. But we're not just going to sit around and have dinner and drink wine all the time. Like you need to get out in the fight. You need to spread my word. Right. Which is awkward. Right. And what holds people back from being bold and, and being awkward? What holds people back from that? It's pride. Right. Well, so, I think it can be a few different things. I think that's probably the biggest one. So pride's a, a big contributor. And in Proverbs 29, 23, it says too much pride brings disgrace. Humility leads to honor. And so I think if we can just put ourselves aside and our pride aside, that's what pushes us into those awkward moments that the kingdom needs us in right now to take our, our domain back, our territory back. Yes. And I don't know. I just, one of the scriptures that came up today was in Luke 24 started, starts at 49. Um, Cause I, I want, I want to make a point here and, and that is, we're just not willy-nilly going out in the world. We've gotten ourselves equipped in many different ways to be able to handle things that are happening out here, right? That's right. Um, so it's, you know, this isn't a call to somebody that just gave their life to Christ two days ago. You know, go out in the world and spread it. Because there's scripture um, that talks about this. And one of the things it says... In Luke 24, I will send you the one my father has promised, but you must stay in the city until you're given power from heaven. This was brought up this morning, and I'm like, this is so true. You have to be equipped to a certain degree. Right. And this is where the discipleship comes in, and this is where the church is very important. Well, you take your helmet of salvation, your sword of the Holy Spirit, your armor, right? Your armor, that's your protection. So, I mean, we need it all. We need the armor of truth. We need it all. We need the Bible. We need all of it. Yes. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but we've spent some time with some people in Iowa in our downtime. And just in general, talking to people, we get this comment all the time, like, you guys are such a powerful couple. And Meaning, you know, in, meaning in our faith. In our faith, correct. Yes. And I feel like what needs to be said about this is this is not something that has happened overnight. I mean, for me, it kind of seems like it to a certain degree. I got saved at 42, I'm 49, and a lot has happened just in seven years. But we've gotten equipped um, over time. And, and they can too. And yes. they can too. Yes. But that's, that's where this comes in. I mean, it, it's almost shocking to me, some of the things that get said to us. But and the same power and authority is available to them too. 
Yeah. To everyone, to all people. And that that's really the point, right? Is there's a progression. You you learn some things, you get equipped, and what you learn and what we're what we're delivering is because we understand the power of, and authority of God and what he gives us. Spirit, yeah. Yeah. And, and he, how he died. And when he died, that was his gift to us is his power and his authority to stand and declare. Yes. So I think that's what people need to focus on. You know, that this is what we're called to do. We're not called to sit inside four walls. That's great. There's so much there that needs to be learned. Right. And there's great places like we went this morning. Wow. Um, churches like Awaken that we went to in Salt Lake. They really put the understanding in us. They equip you, right? They equip you. But. And we need churches to do that. We need churches to, all churches to come and equip disciples. But if we don't get outside the four walls and start attacking these problems and taking ground back in cities like Seattle, Chicago, even in the smallest of places, we're just going to keep losing. And it's hard to watch. Right. It is. It's devastating. It's devastating for our generations to come. You know, not just for us personally living, you know, in the present, but it's for our kids and their kids. It's for our audience out there. It's for your kids and their kids. And, you know, that's who it's going to affect. And so we have to step up. It, now is the time. Yeah, I mean, we, we get kind of attacked about this whole thing of, well, if you don't believe in something, whatever it is, take your pick of, I don't even know how many things right now. You just get attacked as a person. Well, you don't, you're not spreading love. And my argument to that is, you know, do you want your kid sitting in downtown Seattle smoking crack? Right. I mean, this stuff needs to be stopped because well, those, those are real things that happen to real people. Right. And it starts in the homes, right? And how we raise our children. You know, Jesus had, he was a man of love. He loved people, but he wasn't just a soft love. And, oh, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And I never say no. And I'm not going to put my foot down. No. Like if you read the Bible and you read the stories of him, when he spoke with his disciples, because he loved them so much, he was firm with them at times. That's a form of love. You have to be. Yes, you absolutely. Be. And it's so lost today. I mean, you don't open the front door and send your five-year-old out the door and go, go find yourself because they won't even make it across the street before they get hit by a car. Right. There's certain things that need to be taught. There's certain, you know, rules so to speak and there's lack in that which is why we have shooters yes i mean 
that's a whole nother episode. Yes, it is a whole nother That's episode. a whole nother episode because... So tune in. Wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, wait for that one. That'll get good. But, you know, we're doing a disservice to multiple generations now in terms of what is true. Like, what do you need to know to succeed at life? We're basically to the point where we're handing the keys to kids going, find yourself. Like, really? Does that seem logical? And then we sit back and wonder why some 18-year-old picks up a gun and goes into school. You know, there's got to be boundaries, some hard truths. Yeah, We need to start looking at these problems, at the root of them, not on the surface. But ultimately, the message today is... What are you going to do? Like we're calling to Christians right now. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit in your comfort zone inside four walls in your church? That's amazing. And you get fed all the time. You're consuming all this and you're seeing all these amazing things happen. Or will you go to the corporate office and notice that someone needs prayer and say, hey, let's go to the restroom. I want to pray for you. Will you ignore the guy on the street? Because we had an instance yesterday, you know, just we're talking to this young man who's working He's around the market. cleaning out the trash cans. He's cleaning out the trash cans and, you know. Getting you to know tell, him. You can tell he's just a nice kid. Yeah. We walked away from him and there's like three homeless Mexican guys sitting there <clears throat> and just, just says hi to him. Such a simple thing. We just start having conversation with them. They were asking us questions. We were talking to them, asking them questions and just, short, you know, building just a short relationship and little time. But I speak a little Spanish. So we were speaking Spanish and he said, thank you for stopping and talking to us and just bringing your beautiful smile. It was like, they just wanted to feel acceptance. Yeah. They wanted to feel appreciated. There's something very powerful in what that man said in that moment to you. Yes. Because it instantly told me, the, people are just being ignored. Uh-huh. Problems are being ignored. And just a simple thing of acknowledging a person and smiling at them made that guy's day. Yeah. Like instantly. That's how badly these people are ignored. That. A simple little gesture meant so much. Meant so much. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's a great story to end on. So now you know what we're doing on the Radical Road. We're out there reaching God's people, loving on God's people. We are out there on a movement to spread boldness, to plant seeds. And to just awaken our lions. Let's awaken our lions. Yes. Yeah. That, that's the message today. Yes. Is what are you going to do? This is what you're called to do. You're not called to sit in the four walls of your house or a church. You're meant to get out in your communities, take some boldness out there, and do something to create real positive change. And 
you hit a lot of great points uh, about the radical road, but I feel like the ultimate thing is to create some inspiration. Yeah, that's good. To create the boldness because it's a movement. Yeah. It's time to move. It's not time to sit anymore. It's time to move. Yes. So we're on the radical road. We're getting back in the truck tomorrow. Let's bring the revivals to the churches. That's what we're doing. Yes. You know, on the Radical Road, we're, we're, this movement is about a revival. We want to bring revival to the churches. Yeah. Let's party for Jesus. Yeah. Once people see the power behind what God brings, they'll get brought to your four walls. Yes. You'll, right. have, you'll have all the discipling you can make. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's get back on the road. We're heading back cross country. Yeah, see you on the road. North Dakota, Minnesota, let's go. See you on the road. See ya.